0: Glad you're here. Let me catch you up. If you haven't been called up yet, I'm gonna turn that just a little bit so you guys can see as well. But uh, this series is really a perspective-changing series. There's some times I preach to you that I want to give you some information that you can apply the information directly in a situation. This I really want to shape your perspective because if I can change how you look at something, I think I can change the decisions you make inside of of your life. And the perspective I want you to change is. How you view problems that come into your life. As a believer, the biggest misconception we have is when I get saved, everything gets better. Everything just goes, you know, it's, it's roses, there's no problem, there's no, you know, everything gets smooth. And you get saved and you realize you go home and you're still married to the idiot you married 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like he's still there and the kids are still bad and the job is still hard and the money's still tight. And, and there's still problems that come into your life. And I, wanted, I want to help you change the perspective that you have on your problems. That they aren't just problems, trials that come into your life. They're actually opportunities, and they come from God. And they're opportunities to prove the potential that you and I have. They're tests that will prove the potential that we have to unlock the next Promotion, open door season in our life that God has for us. Say, man, if you understand what I'm telling you, that God wants you to live at your highest potential. It is not God's will that Christians walk around with their mouth hanging down, always depressed, always down and out, never full of joy, always barely making it, eking their existence by on a mediocre way to go. Just my marriage is mediocre, my life's mediocre. Our finances are mediocre, our relationships are mediocre. No, no, no. God wants what's best for you. And I think that Christianity is the best way to live your life. I think it ought to be, people ought to look at us and go, Man, I don't even know if I believe everything they do. But the way they, I'm just their life so full of joy and peace. And it's just an amazing thing to watch them live their lives even in the middle of trials. God wants what's best for you, and there's potential on the inside of you that you're going to have to, what we call an approving ground, you're going to have to prove your potential at this particular season to handle more at the next season. That there are tests that come into your life, like the test of small things. Can I handle this small thing? And if I handle it well, God will unlock the door for something more. But if I can't handle this well, then God can't trust me to handle that well. Are you following? Say amen. If you don't clean your one-bedroom apartment, you won't clean the ranch you're asking God for. If you don't wash the Ford that you've got, you won't wash the Mercedes you're praying for. It's the test of small things. It's that potential proving ground. Is, or is there something in my life, there's a problem that comes into my life that isn't meant to harm me. It's meant to help me. It's a, it's a spiritual test and it comes from God. And am I going to prove myself strong when I don't... When when it's easier to be weak Am I going to prove my attitude is going to stay right When everybody else in the office is talking about the boss It's the authority test Am I going to honor and respect the authority God's given me Because I want him to unlock the door of authority in my life and other areas It's a test that comes from God Is my attitude going to be right Is my commitment going to stay true Is my loyalty going to be secure It is only a test Shout amen to that everybody and I've been teaching two tests to you. I think, that I've identified nine spiritual tests. I don't have time to go through all of them today for you. Catch up on the podcast if you haven't. But I, I think there are nine tests. There's probably more. You probably know more. But I think every believer will continuously go through nine spiritual tests in your life. And I'm walking you through them one by one. I have been doing two of them. I'll end this series next week with the final two. But I'm going to skip around a little bit today because it's Father's Day. And I get to do that. And I get the mic. And I can do whatever I want. And so I'm I'm only going to do one uh, spiritual test for you today. But I think this is the biggest and most consistent test that every believer goes through. I think in your life, listen, as a believer, you will face this test over and over and over and over again. Multiple times a week. There are days, it's multiple times a day that I am faced, you are faced with the Lordship test. Would you write that in your notes? The Lordship test. You ever looked at the Bible and and thought to yourself, man. I mean, I I, I see what it says there, but I didn't know it was going to be that hard. <laughs> anybody anybody ever read something in your Bible and go, I didn't I didn't know we had to do all that. I mean, I, I was I was good with it. You ever you ever read something that went completely against your instincts? You know what I mean. Like you read it and you were like, well, I know that's what it says, but that ain't what I normally do in that situation. Let me give you a, a for instance. The Bible would talk about when somebody slaps you on your face. If I walked up to Jeremy and I slapped you, Jeremy, across your face just as hard as I possibly could, it is not instinctual to you to turn the other cheek. The instinctual thing for you to do is to hit me hard enough to make my left eye permanently look that direction. You know what I'm saying? That I always walk in circles to the left. I mean, that's what's instinctual to you. It's not instinctual to turn the other cheek. So I read it in the Bible and I go, man, I I mean, I, I see it. I understand it. But that's so counterintuitive to my life. Anybody else but me have that kind of relationship with the Scripture? Like it's just counterintuitive to me. That don't come natural to me. Matter of fact, just the opposite comes natural to me. When I read this book, most of what I read, everything that is in me is countercultural to everything in here. Like it just doesn't come natural to me. It doesn't come instinctual to me. It sounds hard to me. It doesn't sound fun. I always enjoy it when people say, "Pastor, I thought this was going to be fun." I thought I thought live for God was supposed to be fun. Now, here I got to just I got give God my best. I don't even know what. I got to smile. I don't even like smiling. I don't even know I don't, I don't like doing none of that. I don't even like people. People always kill me with that. That I don't I don't like people, Pastor. I love Jesus, I don't like people. <laughs> And you read the book and you go, man, this, is, this doesn't sound fun. You mean i got to love my neighbor like myself. I'm out on that. I hate my neighbors. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do none of that. It's, just, it's counterintuitive to what I am. And in these situations in your life, listen close, when you see God's way and then you have your preference, what comes intuitive to you, what comes naturally to you, you have a choice, and that choice is the lordship test in your life is which way am I going to go? Am I going to go my way? What comes natural to me? What comes instinctual to me? Or am I going to go God's way? Am I going to say God's way is always right? Write this in your note. The Lordship test occurs in your life, in my life, when we must choose to obey God. That's so important that you write it just like that. Over my own personal preferences and my own natural instincts. The Lordship test comes into your life, into my life, when I'm faced with a choice to make. Will I obey God's way? I don't know if I like God's way. You're telling me I gotta, I've got to be generous with everything God's given me. I'm kind of selfish by nature. I'm not a generous person. It's instinctual to me to keep everything I've got. I worked hard for it. It's mine. It's my money. It's my stuff. I worked hard for all of this. It's all mine. And God's way says it's all God's. And God gets the first of everything that I have. That's your tithe. It's counterintuitive. Now, faced with a choice... Do I obey God or do I go with what comes natural to me? Do I I go to God's word and say, God, what do you you think about this situation? How should I react? How should I talk? It is natural to me to hold a grudge. Anybody know grudge holders? Come on, raise your hand. Anybody married to grudge holders? Don't raise your hands. Don't do that. I saw a bunch of dudes go, ooh. Grudge holders. It is natural to me if you hurt me. I'm, I'm, girl, I'm, done with you. Okay, I'm done with you. I ain't ju- never again. Okay, fool you once. Fool, I forget. We're both fools. Fool, don't mess with me. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I don't like you. I never liked her. She lied to me. It's natural for me to hold a grudge, and I go to God, and God says, however it is that you extend mercy is how God the Father gives you mercy. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. That's counterintuitive to what I naturally would want. I want to just, I, I like the God of the Bible that's eye for an eye. Where that God at? Show me Him. I want Him. I want that eye for an eye. I'm, I'm trying to claw old girls' eyes out. You know what I'm saying? I want, a, I want an eyeball. Eye for an eye. Tooth for a tooth. I want, I want, I want my, and God, said, God says, no, no, no. However it is that you extend mercy, that's how I do. Now I got a choice to make. Do I do what comes natural to me? Hold a grudge? Or do I forgive 70 times 7? It's the Lordship test. over and over and over in your life. It's a choice. Now listen. It's a choice. Lordship and obedience to God are a choice. I'm going to give you a theology lesson for about two or three minutes. So just put your thinking caps on really quickly. Because some religious people, not spiritual people. I've met a ton of religious people who aren't spiritual. Some religious people, if you're not careful they'll start blaming the sovereignty of God and the knowledge of His Lordship as a reason for passivity in their lives. You didn't catch that, so I'll say it to you a different way. Well, God knows what's going to happen anyway. God's, got, God's in control, so I'll just not do anything about it. God's going to deal with it. It doesn't matter. I don't have to get up tomorrow. If God wants me to have it, God will just give it to me. If God, God knows what I'm going to do, I, this is my favorite one. God and I have a we have an agreement. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? <laughs> God knows. God knows I can't control my mouth. We got an agreement. We just we even make t-shirts about it. I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. I've seen y'all on Instagram. I know y'all got that shirt. God, he just knows I lose my temper. God just knows. He just knows. That's just who I am. God just knows me. We just have an, we have an agreement that I can you know, I just can't do it and God God understands me. He me and God we you know what I mean we got he knows what what you know he knows what I got going on and it's okay. And God knows everything anyway so it's going to all work out anyway. And for and for centuries, listen, theologians have debated the tension between the sovereignty of God, in other words, God knows everything, is in control of everything, and my free will, my ability to change my life. And there's eons and eons of theology debates, listen, about, well, God's in control anyway, it doesn't really matter, doesn't really matter what you do, God's plan's going to work out, and no, you've got free will, you can change your destiny, God's, God's waiting on you to step up and say yes and obey and do the right thing. And listen, I, I, I'm going to mess up some of your theology, but you've got to listen real close to you. It's both. It's what I call a dumb dichotomy to believe that one or the other is true both of them are true God is in control of everything and you've got a part to play say amen to that just because God's in control doesn't mean you got a choice well God made me this way he made me with his smart mouth no you got a choice to close your smart mouth God made me this way he knows I got a temper no you've got a choice to make to surrender your temper to God it's 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 both it's God's in control. And I am in control. God knows my life, has a plan for my life, knows the end from the beginning. But I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and you're going to wake up tomorrow with a choice to make in our life. Am I going to go God's way, or am I going to do it my way? Say amen to that, everybody. So let me give you God's will for your life. Write this down. This is going to be deep. God's will is that we would will His will. Let me say it again. God's will for your life and my life is that we would will what He wills. God's will is that you would choose God's purpose, God's plan, God's way. That's God's will in your life. That's the sovereignty of God, God's will, and your free will working together. It's saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I can take comfort that you're in control of my life. Nothing happens in my life that you don't know about. Nothing comes into my life that you aren't aware of. Every day of my life has been written in your book before one of them came to be. But I'm going to take honor that I get up tomorrow morning and I get to choose and carry out the plan and the purpose that you have for me. I'm not just going to rest on what God knows and God's going to work it out and it'll just all end in the end. I'm going to get up tomorrow and make the right choice and choose God's way. That's the Lordship test. It is He Lord of my life. Is, is He Lord of every area of my life? Have I given everything? God's will is that you choose His authority and His instruction, and even when it doesn't feel right to me, even when it's counterintuitive to what I want, even when I when I want to punch you back in the face for slapping me on the cheek, I'm going God's way. Even when I want to hold a grudge, I'm going to go God's way and forgive. Even when I want to be judgmental because I think I'm better than you, I'm going to be God's Way. I'm going to choose, co- even when I want to be selfish, I'm going to be generous with what God's given me because I'm going God's, well, it's the Lordship test and it comes into your life over and over and over again. I had to clap myself, y'all weren't going to. It's the Lordship test in your life. And I'm going to give you a principle today that I think could change everything in your life. And I really do mean that. I don't say that often. But I really do think this principle. Matter of fact, this is a a founding principle. Really in my ministry and in this church. That I think Christians ought to have what I call a leaning in lifestyle. A leaning in. You'll hear us sometimes say. You'll hear our team say. You'll hear me say. I want you to lean into worship. I want you to lean into God's word. I want you to lean into prayer. I want you to lean into serving. I want you to lead into your small group and to being in community this summer. Don't get scattered. I know schedules are everywhere. You look around, and go, "Where's the other half of the church?" That's a good question. I, they're on the lake or somewhere today. <laughs> I don't know where they are, but I want you to lean in when you're here. I want you to lean into faithfulness. I want you to lean into your group. I want you to lean into, and what uh, I, I want to explain to you what I mean by a leaning in lifestyle. Because the Bible is clear that there will be something in your life that you lean into. That you lean into. Proverbs 3 says it like this. That you trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean. Lean not... On my own understanding. In other words, you have a choice and I have a choice to make of which way our lives are going to lean. How are we going to lean into what God wants for us? Where do we lean in our lives? What's important to us? Where, Where does the lean in our life to? And he said, I don't want you to lean to your own understanding, but I want you to lean into, in all of your ways, submit to God. And then God will make all of your paths straight. Then things start making sense in your relationships. Then things start making better sense in your marriage. Then things align up again, and you start realizing, okay, this is God's best plan for my life. But it's all about A lean. And everybody walks into a relationship with God with lean. Come here, Jonathan, come help me real quick, Officer. You got strong arms. You look like you' got strong arms. We didn't rehearse this. Look at SAPD's finest right here, everybody. Whoa, 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 he's married. Come on now. Stand right here? You hold your arms out? to catch Okay. All right. Every we didn't rehearse. That's the way I like to do these. You know what I mean? That way both of us are caught off guard. Everybody has a lean in your life. I've met some Christians who just who lean their whole lives into worry. They just love worry like they're worried about how worried they are. They're worried about why you're not so worried about how worried they are. They're worried about the worry that people aren't worrying about right now. I think we should be more worried. It's just, they just lean into it. I'm scared of everything. I'm worried of everything. The problem is when you lean into worry, you can't walk towards faith. You can't walk towards the promises of God in your life. You can't walk towards the plan of God in your life because you're too busy leaning your whole life into worry. I don't know. It's probably not going to work out. I don't know. How, how, how are you doing? How's life? It's okay now, but I'm pretty sure tomorrow is going to be terrible. I don't know. I'm just worried about it. what are you worried about? I'm not really sure. I just feel like Tuesday's gonna be a bad day. I'm just worried about it. Why, why, why are you worried about it? I don't know. I just I haven't worried today, and I felt like I should be worried about something. And they lean their I know I know I'm being funny, but I'm telling you, some of you are married to people, some of you live with people who are leaning their lives into worry. You know what I'm saying? Say amen if I'm talking to somebody. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They lean into worry of their life. Christians all, all the time, I mean Christians who lean into fear. Oh, God, I'm so scared of what's going to happen. Oh, God, I'm just so worried. Did you see the news? Did you see the news the other day? Mm, The news is so bad. I saw there was a mad cow in Japan. Do you know that I think McDonald's gets beef from Japan? Do you know it's possible that the McDonald's and Fair Oaks Ranch has Japan mad cow beef? I'm so scared. Don't eat beef. From Mad Cow from Japan, and they're just terrified of everything. Do you know somebody like this? And they lean into fear. I'm just close the blinds. People are watching us. Nobody's watching you. Yes, they are. I heard something up top. That's an airplane. They're, it's a Southwest flight. No, it's a, it's a drone. They're, they're filming us right now. Close the blinds. Anybody know somebody like this? They lean their whole lives into fear. I'm, I'm scared of everything. And you know what's crazy is we invented a device whereby we could make each other scared. And we could all lean into fear on social media. Hey, if you guys aren't scared of beef, I heard about beef. Let's all be scared together. I'm so, amen, who said that? I'm so scared. I'm just scared of this. Guys, let's all be scared together about this. The world's ending. You know who we elected. Oh, God, what are we going to do? It doesn't matter who we elected. Everybody's just scared of something. And social media begins the fear snowball in your life. You did not even know what you were supposed to be scared about until somebody else told you. And you just lean into fear. Oh, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know the world's getting worse. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just and we lean into fear. I've seen, I've seen people not just lean into fear. This is kind of, a, just get ready for this. Buckle up for this one because it's kind of my candy stick. I've I, I, I met Christians who lean, their, their whole life leans into offense. They just looking for a reason to be offended. They walk up to you thinking, I'm sure you're going to say something offensive to me today. What are we offended about? I'm not sure. Just stick around long enough. I've got something you're going to say that's offensive to me. It's not that they got offended It's that they are offended (laughs) It's not that they got offended It's that they are offended Well when somebody's already offended And they walk up to, Their life is leaning that direction Bub where are you? When their life is leaning to offense It doesn't really matter where you go They're going to be offended I'm going to turn this way I'm just going to be offended I'm I'm leaning into offense It doesn't matter How can I fix it make it better? You can't I'm too offended I'm just worried I'm too offended Their whole life leans into offense. Everything in their life. Here's the problem with leaning towards offense. It perverts every relationship you've got. You can't have a healthy marriage leaning into offense. Because somebody's going to say something to offend you. You can't be a part of a healthy church family. It don't matter how good the church family is. If you're always offended. Because you lean your life towards offense. You lean your life. You get defensive about everything. You get defensive about your church, about relationships, about everybody that says something about you. I'm sure they looked at me. Did you see how she looked at me? You just live offended. It's a lean of your life. Are Are you catching this say, man, to that? I'm not just doing this for me and Jonathan. I want you to catch what I'm telling you. I know it's silly to look at, but you got to catch a hold of it, that your life has a lean to it. I've met people, not like y'all, but I've met people who lean into their own opinion. They're the most right person they've ever met. You ever met somebody like that? They know something about everything. Matter of fact, they know everything about everything. And you don't even have to ask them. They're just going to go ahead and tell you, oh, I know something about that. No, you don't know anything about that. Oh, no, no, I know something about that. And their opinion's the right one. There is no such thing as both of us having a perspective here. It's, well, I mean, you have the right to be wrong, but this is my opinion, and it's the right one. And they lean into their own preference, and they lean into their own opinion. And I'm the only right way. If you don't do it my way, you didn't do it the right way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And your husband tries to do the laundry for you, but he didn't fold the towels the right way, and my way's the right way. And they lean into their own opinion. And they lean into their own preference. Listen, the problem with that, the lean of your life is that you'll get closed-minded and now every relationship in your life is closed off. It's the lean of your life. It's the lean of your life. And I want you, here's, here's, here's the crux of the message. You can go to sleep after this. Listen, here's the crux. I want you to lean. The Bible says don't lean in, don't lean into that stuff. Worry and fear and trust. Don't lean into your own way. Don't lean into offense and your own opinion. I want you to, in every way you've got, I'm gonna lean into God's way. Every decision in my life, when I'm scared about something, I'm leaning into God. When I'm worried about it, I could lean into my worry or I could lean into God. When I don't know what we're gonna do, I I could just I could just I could get scared about money and how we're gonna pay the bills, or I could just go to God and go, God, I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna lean into God. God's way, everything in my life I'm going to lean into God's way, that's the leaning in lifestyle that you need and it's the lordship test of our lives, thank you buddy it's the lordship test of our lives it's the lean of your life Are you leaning into God? Are you leaning into God's way? And if you'll do that, listen close. If you'll learn that your life, I I don't want to give you a list of things. I want to give you the principle of leaning. If you'll lean into the Lordship of God, if you'll always go, what, what does God have to say about it? What's God's plan for our finances? What's God's plan? What's the best way to parent a child? God's way. What's the best way to spend your money? God's way. What's the best way to worry about offense? God's way. How do I deal with injustice? God's way. How do I deal with somebody who hurt me? God's way. What do I do when pain comes into my life? God's way. I'm leaning my whole life into God. What do I do when I'm stressed out? God's way. What do I do when I don't have enough time? I go to God. I'm leaning my life into God. That my whole life leans in to God. That's the Lordship test. It's the choice of your life. And if you will, listen close, here's, the, here's, here's what I had to get to you. If you will, God has the best life on the other side of this test. That every area of your life, God wants to bless. There's a blessing in your life. God's word is filled with this phrase. Listen close to me. It's filled with this phrase, if you will, I will. If you, He would tell the children of Israel, if you will, I will. If you'll lean your life this way, if you'll do God's things God's way, then I've got blessing for you and it's for your good. Come on, James says, every test that we face, don't be worried. I want you to count it joy because it's making you mature and complete and you'll lack nothing. And there's good things on the other side of this test every time it comes into my life it's for my good would you shout that shout it's for my good Come on, it's for my good. You need to write that on your mirror. It's for my good. It's for my good. I know it seems hard today. I know I'm worried about money. I know we don't know how this is going to work out. I know we're worried about our kids. I know I don't understand everything. But it's for my good. I'm in this test because God's making me, forming me, completing me, growing me, maturing me so that I don't like anything. It's for my good. Shout amen to that. It's for my good. And there's a blessing that comes along with it. Now listen, this is the last thing I'll tell you today and the most important possibly. I know you've probably read the book. you ever seen the book The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman? Would you raise your hand if you've read that book? Excellent book for couples. I encourage it for couples to read. Brandy and I first got married. It took me a, a little while to, to grab a hold of that principle. Brandy is a gift giver. She receives and shows love as a gift giver. It took me... Yay, I say a few anniversaries <laughs> before I figured out that it didn't matter the other stuff I did. She felt love and she shows me love in the giving of gift. Not expensive gift. I could make a little card and put a smiley face and write a little poem on it about roses and red, and she would love it. Now, she would also love a box from Tiffany's, but I, 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 both of them work. Both of them work. As a, as, a, as, a, as a way she, she sees love. She receives and she shows love. You've probably been on the receiving end of that. She's a note writer. She's, she's phenomenal at showing love that way. Now, I don't know. that This is not, listen. I, I know that God doesn't fit into our little box. But if God has a love language, listen close. It's obedience. God receives love from you and I through Obedience. The way you show God that this relationship matters to me, that, that it's important to me. I value my relationship with God is through obe- it's God's love language, it's through obedience. God, I will always, when given the test in my life, choose God's way. And if you will, I think there are five blessings that will come on your life. I call them the blessings of Lordship. And I want you to write these down. These are super important. I want you to grab your Bible and turn to Deuteronomy 28. I don't have it on the screen because I want you to read it out loud. Get your phones out and open up U version. Deuteronomy 28 is super important. And there's five blessings there. I'm going to show you the five blessings. And then I'm going to read those blessings over your life. And I want you to identify that if you will, God will. If you will, God will. Deuteronomy 28 and 1 says it like this. If you fully obey the Lord your God... If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all His commands I give you today, then the Lord your God will, look at this, will set you above the nations of the earth. Better translation is God will set you on top of everything that's trying to overcome you. Everything that's trying to overtake you, God said if you'll fully obey, that's God's love language, If you'll fully obey, then I'll set you on high, high above everything that's trying to attack you. And then, here's the best part. Look at the screen. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Let me give you the five blessings of lordship. Write them down quickly in your notes, and then we'll go. Number one, the blessing of God on your journey. On your journey. People ask me often, Pastor, what do you think we ought to do? Should we buy this house or that house? You know what I say? If you obey God, it doesn't matter which one. God's going to bless whichever way you take. Which, which job should I take, this one or that one? Neither of them take me away from church. Both of them pay good. I don't know which one to go. You know what? doesn't matter. God's going to bless you whichever way you take. He blesses the journey that you take. Pastor, should we move or should we stay? Well, if it means you leave City Hills, you should stay. That's just God's will. But in any other journey in your life, God blesses my journey. Say amen to that. Here's the second blessing. It's the blessing on your children and their children, your descendants. I want you to have a generational blessing. There are such things as generational blessings. Say amen to that. <laughs> generational curses exist but when you get born again you get in a brand new family so you break every generational curse off you it's why I want you to get baptized so much because when you get in that new family you get a brand new family tree everybody and that curse is broken off of you but you can, you can give your children I want my great, great, great grandchildren to go that old guy had something. You know what I'm saying? That old man was right. I want them to I don't even want them to know what I look like. Just walk by my tombstone talking about, "Thank you, Papa. Thank you for all this stuff. I appreciate what you did for us. I appreciate the legacy that we have." I want blessing on my descendants. Here's the third one. The blessing on your possessions. I want you can laugh if you want to, but I want God to bless what I have. I want him to bless. I want him to bless my air conditioner. My neighbor's AC, if they're not living in the blessings of God may go out this summer. I want my AC to work all summer long. Come on somebody. I want him to bless what I got, everything I got. I want him to bless my Ford F-150 because I'm a a pastor in Texas. I want him to bless everything I've got, my possessions, what I have. I want him to be blessed. You say, that's stupid. It don't even make sense. Oh, yeah? The children of Israel walked for 40 years in the wilderness, and the Bible said that their shoes never wore out. How are you going to walk in sand for 40 years and your shoes never wear out? Because if you'll live in the blessings of God, he'll bless everything you have. The possessions you have, God will bless. I I, I want God's blessing for you in your battles. It's the blessing of lordship. If you will... If you'll obey the Lord your God, he said all these blessings will come on you, the blessing on your battles. I don't just want to fight in my my spiritual life. I know there's going to be warfare. I know there's going to be spiritual battles. But I want God to give me the victory in my battle. I want His blessing on my battle. Say amen to that, everybody. And finally, and this is the one people get squirrely about, but it's God's will to bless your finances. It's not God's will for you to constantly be worried and struggling with money. It's God's will to bless everything You've got say amen to that. I need the blessing of God, and I'm going to read it to you. Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy 28. Come play Henry, so they think I'm closing. Deuteronomy 28. I'm going to read it to you. I, I didn't put it on the screen. I want you to see these, and I want you to hear God's word over your life. Matter of fact, I want you to receive this blessing over your life. As I read it to you, I want you to. There's blessing. The Bible said, "If you'll just the hearing of this book." will bless your life. Did you know that? Did you know that the children of Israel found the book of Deuteronomy and they stood up for two weeks while the man of God read it out loud over them and there was blessing that came on them just by hearing this over their lives? I want you to hear God's word over your life. Deuteronomy 28 and 1 says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and you carefully follow all His commands I give you today, Moses is telling the whole children of Israel, the whole nation, he just received the law from God. And he says, if you'll fully obey that and, 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 you'll, and you'll follow all the commands, then the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. Verse 2, and all these blessings, are you reading it in your Bible? All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord. If you pass the test. If you choose God's way when it's counterintuitive, when it doesn't make sense, when it's not the easiest way. Verse 3, here they start. You will be blessed in the city And you'll be blessed in the country. In other words, whichever way I go on this journey, God's blessing me. It's the blessing on your journey. It doesn't matter which way I choose. God's going to bless. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. Verse 4. And the fruit of your womb will be blessed. That's the blessing of God on your descendants. My children to be blessed. I don't want my children to grow up thinking, I, I, I guess we're worried about money again. I heard mom and dad talking about, how they're just so scared. I don't know, they're just, mom's always a worry wart. Dad's always fearful. No, no, no. I want my children to be blessed. I want them to raise, I want them to be raised in a home that here, God can do anything. God's in control. God's going to make a way. God's a miracle worker. God can do anything for us, come through for us. God's never failed us. He's not going to fail us now. I want my children to be blessed. And if you'll obey the Lord your God, the Bible said, He'll bless the fruit of your womb, your descendants. Verse 4 continues, and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock. You see what these are? And the calves of your herd, and the lambs of your flock, and the basket you have, and your kneading trough will be blessed. In other words, every possession you got, God to bless. He'll bless. Animals in the field, your livestock, your herds, your basket, and your kneading trough. He'll bless the thing that sustains you, and He'll bless the work that you do. Every possession you have, your house, your vehicles, it, it'll be blessed by God. I didn't write that. That's God's promise to you and I. It's the, it's the, it's the gift of obedience. It's, the, it's we give back to God. And God says, if you will, if you'll pass this test of lordship in my life, in your life, I'll bless everything you've got. Verse 7, verse 6. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. And the Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. And they'll come at you one direction and they'll flee from you in seven directions. That's the blessing of God on your battles. There's somebody in this room right now. There's an enemy rising against you. Listen, if you'll, if you'll just obey God, I'm telling you, if you'll do it God's way, you're going to have an enemy come at you one way, and before you know it, it's going to scatter seven ways around you. And you're going to say, where did that go? What, I, I, we were so worried they were going to take everything. We were so worried things were going to come falling apart, unraveling. But God can bless your battle so that when your enemy comes this way, it just scatters all the way around. You'll go into that courtroom. I don't know who I'm telling, but I'm telling you. You'll go into that courtroom thinking it's going to go this way and the enemy's coming this way and God will scatter them seven around. Because there's blessing on my battle. I'm not in this alone. This test comes to me as long as I choose God's way. His ways are always right. I'm just going to go to God's word and say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to stand on this book. It doesn't feel right. It's counterintuitive. I don't like how it feels. It's hard for me, but I'm going to do it God's way. And God says, I'll bless everything you've got. I'll even bless the battles that you're in. And the Lord, verse 8. Come on, receive this. And the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that He's giving you. And the Lord will establish you. I wish I could preach about establishment. The Lord Himself will establish you as His holy people. As He promised you an oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to Him. It's His love language. Verse 10. Then all of the peoples of the earth your family who's been mocking you. Your coworkers who don't understand why it is you do what you do. Your family who says, are we still going to go to church? Are we still going to serve? I can't believe we're going to keep going when it gets hard. I can't believe we're going to tithe when it seems like we don't have enough. Where are we going to go? All the peoples of the earth, that when they see you, and they see you're called by the name of the Lord, they will fear you. It's a blessing of the Lord over your life. Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb and the young of your livestock, in the crops of your ground and in the land that He swore to give us, to, 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 swore to your ancestors to give you. Verse 12. And the Lord, come on, open your hands like this. Receive this blessing from God. Would you do that? And the Lord will open the heavens and the storehouse of His bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands. And you will lend to many nations, but you will borrow from none. And the Lord <laughs> and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom says the Lord, you're God. That's the blessing of lordship in your life if you'll just surrender your ways to God. You can't bribe your way into blessing. You're just unlocking the key of blessing in your life. You're releasing it. God has or, He's orchestrated the physical and spiritual universe to work in such a way that there are co- corresponding reactions to your action. If you will, I will. If you will. I will. He's just created it to work that way. And if you'll, if you'll pass the test, if you'll make Him Lord over every area of your life, if you'll do it God's way every time, He'll unlock blessings over your life in every area of your life. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, I pray for everybody in the room today who is faced with, like I am, like we always are, consistently, that test of choosing right. How do I choose God's way? God, there's some things in my life that I'm facing right now. Do I do it God's way? Or do I do it my way? Do I go with what comes natural to me, my instincts, my preferences? I'd rather handle it like this. I'd rather just say what I feel. I'd rather just do it my way. But what if I would surrender it to God and do it God's way? What would it unlock in my life? What blessings would it unlock in my life? Father, I pray for every person. Come on, heads bowed. I pray for every person in this room today who will consistently face the test of lordship. Will God be Lord of all of my life? Will I hold back some areas? Will I, will, will I keep some stuff private? Well, God, you can have that, but not this. No, no, no. Or will I release my whole life to God? Unlocking the blessing of God on every area of my life. I, pr- I pray for the right choice. Matter of fact, today, if you've never surrendered your heart to God, you've got to start somewhere, and the Lordship test is where you start. It's making Him Lord of every area of your life. Come on, out loud, everybody pray. So they'll pray along with you. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my whole heart today. My whole life, my mistakes, my sins, my future, my dreams, my family, my kids, our marriage, my worries and fears. I repent, I turn away, and I turn to God. I turn to Jesus and what He did on the cross to wash me of every bad decision and choice and sin of my life. And I turn to God's way. I've tried it my way. I've tried to do it my way. I've said yes to me and no to God, but not today. Today, I say yes to God. I say yes to God's way. Be the Lord of my life. Rule and reign in my heart in every area of my life. I give it to you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. Come on, give God praise for His word.